Greetings to you all out there. Hope you've had a great week and hope everything is going well with you and your life. Our life on this earth was meant to be natural. And this earth too was meant to be natural, created by God to work in harmony. But it did not stay that way. Something changed in the earth and in our first parents when they chose Satan's way instead of God's way. And this was symbolized by the eating of the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden. The immediate consequences of that choice was they being sent out of the Garden of Eden, never to return to it again. The nature of their lives and that of the earth changed. Violence entered the earth. Animals killed animals. Plants suffered from diseases. Man exploited nature and each other. And this world was turned upside down. Contrary to the way God intended it to be. What we see today on this earth and in each other is the consequences of generations of selfishness, abuse and violence. God warned Adam and Eve of the consequences of their choices when he said in Genesis chapter 3 verses 16 to 19, all the scriptures are from the Message Bible, he told the woman, I'll multiply your pains in childbirth. You'll give birth to your babies in pain. You'll want to please your husband, but he'll lord it over you. He told the man, because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from by telling you don't eat from this tree, the very ground is cursed because of you. Getting food from the ground will be, a pain, will be as painful as having babies is for your wife. You'll be working in pain all your life long. The ground will sprout thorns and weeds. You'll get your food the hard way. Planting and tilling and harvesting, sweating in the field from dawn to dusk, until you return to that ground yourself, dead and buried. You started out as dirt, you'll end up dirt. Now God was not cursing Adam and Eve for what they had done, but he warned them in advance of the consequences of the way they, they had chosen, the way of life that they had chosen. Because of our first parents, and their choice, which was a part contrary to that of God's. They even chose to worship other gods instead of the true God. We have all followed our first parents. We are all as guilty as they are. Spiritual adultery entered the world and eventually led to physical adultery of every possible kind. In Romans chapter 1 verses 18 to 23, it tells us, Romans 1 verses 18 to 23, But God's angry displeasure erupts as acts of human mistrust and wrongdoing and lying accumulates, as people try to put a shroud over truth. But the basic reality of God is plain enough. 
Open your eyes and there it is by taking a long and thoughtful look at what God has created. People have always been able to see with their eyes as such as such uh, with what their eyes as such can't see. Eternal power, for instance, and the mystery of his divine being. So nobody has a good excuse. What happened was this. People knew perfectly well, but when they didn't treat him like God, refusing to worship him, they trivialized themselves into silliness and confusion so that there was neither sense nor direction left in their lives. They pretended to know it all, but were illiterate regarding life. They traded the, the glory of God who holds the whole world in his hands for cheap figurines. You can buy at any roadside stand. So here's God's telling you the results of spiritual slavery. And this is being explained by Paul in Romans. Paul is showing us where the source of all the problems we are facing today came from. He continues in Romans 1 verses 24 to 32. So God said, in effect, if that's what you want, that's what you'll get. It wasn't long before they were living in a pig pen, smeared with filth, filthy inside and out. And all this because they traded the true God for a fake God and worshipped the God who they made instead of the God who made them. The God we bless, the God who blesses us. Oh yes, worse followed. Refusing to know God, they soon didn't know how to be human either. Women didn't know how to be women. Men didn't know how to be men. Sexually confused, they abused and defiled one another. Women with women, men with men. All lust, no love. And then they paid for it. Oh, how they paid for it. Emptied of God and love, godless and loveless wretches. Since they didn't bother to acknowledge God, God quit bothering them and let them run loose. And then all hell broke loose. Rampant evil, grabbing and grasping, vicious backbiting. They made life hell on earth with their envy, wanton killing, bickering and cheating. Look at them, mean-spritted, venomous, fork-tongued god-bashers, bullies, swaggerers, insufferable windbags. They keep inventing new ways of wrecking lives. They ditch their parents when they get in the way, stupid, slimy, cruel, cold-blooded. And it's not as if they don't know better. They know perfectly well they are spitting in God's face. And they don't care. Worse, they hand out prizes to those who do the worst things best. So Paul is telling us what has happened to this world over a period of time. When we moved away from God, all kinds of evil entered this world. Evil that came into this world automatically because the natural laws of nature that God had put into place were broken. And that caused a domino effect 
And all we see today is the result of generations after generations of rebelling against God. Because God had chosen a way of life, or because man had chosen a way of life contrary to that of God's, they were not only embracing a life of thorns and thistles and weeds, but approve of it and expect others to fall in line within and without their nations. They thought that they were doing what is right, but it was only right in their own sight. And all that happened was it led them to destruction and is leading them to destruction even today. This was a condition that, uh, that God, through uh, Hosea, exposed in the Israelitish society. Israel had become indistinguishable from the nations that they had displaced. Instead of, instead of leading the world in God's living, they followed the world in its ungodly ways. Hosea continued, pointed out to the uh, of the uh, pointed out to them the cultural corrosion that defined what the nation had become, forcing all who heard him to acknowledge that God was just in pronouncing the judgment that was surely coming. The nation had embraced perversion and tolerance to perversion. Since God, since God does not immediately judge wickedness, they came to believe that God tolerates wicked and evil and maybe even blesses it. God's goodness is frequently twisted to mean approval of man's evil. Even though God exhibits mercy and faith that his people will change, he eventually acts in judgment. He removed them like, uh, like Ezekiel in, chap in chapter 16, verse 50 predicted. Let us read Ezekiel chapter 16, verses 49 to 50. It tells us, The sins of your sister Sodom was this. She lived with her daughters in the lap of luxury, proud, gluttonous, and lazy. They ignored and oppressed the poor. They put on airs and lived obscene lives. And you know what happened. I did away with them. And Hosea was telling his people that that is what God is going to do with them. He would not destroy them completely, but he would put them back into the place they were in when they were in Egypt, in captivity and in dispersion and even in death in some cases. Hosea saw the evil in Israel and preached that they would lose their freedom and their country. Hosea witnessed the degeneration and the fall of his, of his nation during his lifetime. In Hosea 4, God brings a charge of disobedience against Israel. The religious leaders had failed to turn the people to God and ritual prostitution had replaced right worship. The people found it easy to condemn Hosea and his message because he had married a prostitute. They were quick not they were quick to point out his mistakes, but they were not so quick to see that they had committed spiritual prostitution against God by their unfaithfulness to him. They failed to see that what 
Hosea was doing is he, that he had obeyed God and made an example of himself and his life to show his people what they had become. He wanted to show them that they had become like Gomer, his wife, and that he was depicting the love and the nature of God to them. But they did not see it, or even if they did, they refused to accept it. So let us see what Hosea has to say in chapter 4, verses 1 to 3. Hosea chapter 4, verses 1 to 3. Attention, all Israelites, God's message. God indicts the whole population. No one is faithful. No one loves. No one knows the first thing about God. All this cursing and lying and killing, theft and loose sex, sheer anarchy, one murder after another. And because of all this, the very land itself weeps. And notice this, this is very important, what he says as a result of their attitude and their approach to life. He says, and because of all this, the very land itself, itself weeps and everything in it is grief-stricken. Animals in the fields and birds on the wing, even the fish in the sea, are lifeless and listless. God's warning to Israel, to Hosea, also applies to our day. Our lawless behavior has brought the twin judgment of increased violence and ecological disaster and crisis. Today we are witnessing unprecedented climate changes, floods, uncontrollable forest fires, scorching temperatures, heat and cold waves in areas of the world that have not experienced such climates in the last hundred and even thousand years, and a pandemic that has no equals in all of world history. The last time we had a natural disaster on a global scale was when water covered the whole earth in the time of Noah. Today, the coronavirus has covered the whole earth. When we think that things are going away, we are being hit by another wave more severe than the last. What we are facing in the pandemic is waves after waves of the virus. Hospitals get filled with patients to bursting, get almost empty when the virus seems to recede or need to be filled again. The frontline workers like doctors and nurses are experiencing deja vu multiple times and they are frustrated at what is happening in the world. Hosea speaks of one murder following another in verse 2 that we just read and he probably was referring to the assassination of, of kings of Israel. One of the kings, King Zechariah, was, uh, was killed by Shalom who took over the throne, and Shalom by Menahem, who also destroyed, destroyed an entire city because it refused to accept him as king. All this is recorded in 2 Kings uh, chapter 15, verses 18 to, uh, 8 to 16. 
Second Kings 15 verses 8 to 16. Hosea continued in, in Hosea 4 verses 4 to 10. But don't look for someone to blame. No finger pointing. You priests are the one in the dock. You stumble around in broad daylight. And then the prophets take over and stumble all night. Your mother is as bad as you. My people are ruined because they don't know what's right or true. Because you've turned your back on knowledge, I've turned my back on you, priest. Because you refuse to recognize the revelation of God, I'm no longer recognizing your children. The more priest, the more sin. They trade in, in their glory for shame. They pick out on my people's sins. They can't wait for the latest in evil. The result, you can't tell the people from the priest, the priest from the people. I am on my way to make them both pay and take the consequences of the bad lives they've lived. They'll eat and be as hungry as ever, have sex and get no satisfaction. They walk out on me, their God, for a life of rutting with, with wars. Hosea levels charges against the religious leaders of Israel. Who were they? When Jeroboam I rebelled against Solomon's son Rehoboam and set up a rival kingdom in the north, he also set up his own religious system. 1 Kings chapter 12 verses 25 to 23 talks about it. In violation of God's law, he made two golden calves and asked the people to worship them. He also appointed his own priests, who were not descendants of Aaron. In the beginning, the people continued worshipping the true God, even though they were doing it in the wrong way. But soon, but soon after, they began to worship the Canaanite gods. A little later, they substituted the worship of the true God for Baal. It is not surprising that the priests were unable to preserve the true worship of God. God accused the priests of keeping the people from knowing God. The people assumed that if they followed the priest and their deeds, it must be from God and must be with God, uh, with God or what God uh, desires. We must be careful not to be led astray by religious leaders and organizations. God and his word must come first in our lives. Leaders and organizations are tools to bring us into a relationship with God and Christ, not to themselves. If the leaders do, do and say things that lead us away from Christ, we need to distance ourselves from them. If anyone preaches anything contrary to the word of God, it should be rejected. Religious leaders and their families should be able to stand out and excel in setting an example of, of a godly way of life before their congregations. Our relationship with God comes from our relationship to our relationship with God should not come before or should not come after our relationship with, with religion and religious leaders. God comes first. Always bear this in mind. There is a lot of confusion and contrary beliefs propagated by religious leaders. Stick to the Bible as our guide and nothing else. 
people who lust after wealth power and sex will find that they will never be satisfied they will want more and more until what they seek for will be a snare to them and ultimately kill them both spiritually and physically the rest of hosea 4 elaborates on what happens when we replace the true god with warring after false gods of this world we lose our way and fall into adultery with the gods of power wealth and sex we can get so enmeshed in this way of life that even if we want to change we are unable to do so just like gomer who symbolizes the attitude and the actions of israel in hosea 4 verse 17 ephraim is mentioned ephraim is another name for israel or the northern kingdom because ephraim was the most powerful of the 10 tribes in the north in the same way the southern in the southern kingdom it was the southern kingdom was called uh, was uh, was was called juda because that was the most pro- uh, powerful tribe in the south the people of israel had so removed themselves from god that they believed god did not exist hosea 5 verse 4 tells us they couldn't turn to god if they wanted to their evil life is a bad habit every bet they take is a war's bet they wouldn't recognize god if they saw me judah even though it continued to have a loose relationship with god ultimately followed israel when judah was eventually established uh, in jerusalem and later came under the roman rule they had fallen away from god their leaders led the people astray once again so when jesus the messiah came on earth instead of accepting him with open arms they rejected him misguided the people and ultimately killed the messiah will this be deja vu at the second coming of jesus christ the bible tells us that it will be so except that when it happens the rebellion against the glorified christ will be put down with a strong and mighty hand unlike the first time that jesus the messiah came on this earth no one who opposes the second coming will be spared god will establish his kingdom and it will last forever the rest of the book of hosea continues to speak about israel's adultery god's judgment punishment and ultimate restoration god can only restore his people when they repent repentance does not mean feeling sorry or saying i am sorry even criminals and murderers feel sorry when they are caught alcoholics feel sorry for the damage they have caused for the ones they love leaders of industry feel sorry for pollution and for other problems faced by the world but the sorrow does not lead to repentance and change that will counteract the damage done instead when we get the opportunity we will go back to our old lifestyle god cannot bring restoration to such people corona virus has brought us to our knees but when it goes away will we rise and change our life to accommodate creation working with nature 
instead of destroying it? Only time will tell. We can hope and pray that a better time will come and God will help us not to experience deja vu with pandemics and pestilence and all kinds of things that have hit us in the past, are hitting us today and will hit us in the future if we do not change. We cannot afford to live with one foot in this world and another other foot in God's world. The effort to accommodate the world is offensive to God. Revelation 3 verses 15 to 16 tells us, I know you inside and out and find little to my liking. This is God speaking here. You are not cold. You are not hot. Far better you be either cold or hot. You are stale. You are stagnant. You make me want to vomit. We have a warning for those who continue their usual way of life and not change. We have also some very encouraging words for those who do change. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 1 to 11. First Thessalonians 5 verses 1 to 11 tells us, I don't think, friends, that I need to deal with the question of when all this is going to happen. You know as well as I, that the day of the master's coming can't be posted on our calendars. He won't call ahead and make an appointment any more than a burglar would. About the time everybody, everybody is walking around complacently, congratulating each other, we are sure got it made, now we can take it easy, suddenly everything will fall apart. It's going to come as suddenly and inescapably as birth pangs to a pregnant woman. But friends, you're not in the dark. So how could you be taken off guard by any of this? You are sons of light, daughters of day. We live under wide open skies and know where we stand. So let's not sleepwalk through life like those others. Let's keep our eyes open and be smart. People sleep at night and get drunk at night, but not us. Since we are creatures of the day, let's act like it. Walk out into the daylight, sober, dressed up in faith, love and the hope of salvation. God didn't set us up for an angry rejection, but for salvation by our Master, Jesus Christ. He died for us, a death that triggered life. Whether we are awake with the living or asleep with the dead, we are alive with him. So speak encouraging words to one another. Build up hope so you'll all be together in this. No one left out. No one left behind. I know you are already doing this. Just keep on doing it. These are encouraging words that Paul leaves for us when we are going through difficult and hard times. In closing, let us understand that spiritual adultery has far-reaching consequences. If we think that we can worship other gods before the true God, think again. Spiritual adultery leads to physical adultery and all manner of selfishness. It causes a degeneration 
of moral standards, violence, exploitation of nature, ecology, and each other. This leads to ecological balances that affect all animals, plants, environment, and, the hum and human beings. It ultimately leads to death of the earth and everything that lives in it. Hosea was right when he said in Hosea ch chapter 4 verses 1 to 3, No one is faithful, no one loves, no one knows the first things about God. All this cursing and lying and killing, theft and loose sex, cheap anarchy, one murder after another. And because of this, the very land itself weeps and everything in it is grief-stricken. Animals in the fields and birds on the wings, even the fish in the sea, are listless, lifeless. Let's think about it. This is actually the message of the book of Hosea. Let us praise and thank God for his plan for mankind, because we really, however hard we may try, we cannot change. We can change ourselves, we cannot change the world, and we cannot stop the trend that is going on in the world. But let us not be distracted by the lure of this world. Let us single-mindedly focus on our God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Asking God not only for his forgiveness, but ask him if it is possible to change the nature of mankind so that they begin to repent and follow God's way of life. We know that things can change if God allows it, if God actually works in making it possible. But he's not going to do anything without our involvement and without our acceptance of his will. Let's pray. Our great God and our Father in heaven, our Redeemer, our Creator, our, our Savior, who loves us so much that, we're, that, you, that you're willing to do anything to draw attention to you. You even made Hosea actually destroy his marital life by marrying someone he should not have actually married. And the results were predictable of what happened to him in his life. But you allowed that to happen. You allowed one man to sacrifice his life so that a whole nation of people, a whole group of people, Israel, would hopefully pay attention and make a change for the better. But they did not. And Father, judgment came upon them. Judgment, because you are a just God, and judgment is required, absolutely required, when the time is right. But you've been patient, and you helped them a great deal. And you are doing the same for us today. They have set an example of what we should not be like. We should be learning from their mistakes and not following them in the mistakes that they have made. But unfortunately, Father, we have gone the wrong way. We've made all the same mistakes. We're sorry for it. At least some of us are sorry for it. Help us, Father, to really deeply make a commitment to change, to repent and change, and to follow your way of life. We know that the efforts of even a few people can make 
a dramatic change in everything that is happening today and the course of things that are going today and the destruction to which they are all leading to. We know, Father, that you will, you will bless us, that you will protect us if you cannot, and, and you may even get us out of the situation we are in. We know that you can, to you everything is possible, and we ask for your blessing and your help to have mercy on the whole world and bring them to a knowledge and understanding of your way of life. Help that the gospel of your kingdom, your laws and your rules and the Bible can be preached to all the world. And the pe people around the world will accept it humbly and then decide to change based on what you are teaching them. Thank you, Father, for all that you are doing in our lives. We know that whatever happens, everything will work out in the end for the good. Everything will work out according to your plan. And you will not destroy completely this world and everything that is there in it. That in your mercy, you will judge righteously. We thank you, Father, for the message that you received today. We thank you for the book of Hosea and for the opportunity we had to study it. And we ask for your continued blessing on us and the help that we so much require. Thank you once again for all the things you are doing, Father, and for this message. We ask that this message may go out to all the world and they may take heed to your warnings and change their way of life. Thank you once again for everything you've done for us, Father, and you are doing for us, and we know that you will do for us. And we ask all this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.